I don't think it started off an episode like this, but I want to do it. Woo! It is December 16th, Friday, and it is the start of the Northside Fantasy Playoffs. I am psyched, Jake. I am fired up. It's a bye week for me. Absolutely did not deserve it, but it is what it is. We're here. As always, I'm Blake the Cat Miller. Coming to you live from my tiny ass apartment here in Mission Viejo. Jake, how are you? Not as excited, but um, look, hopefully I, we'll get into my matchup, but starting the week off on the wrong foot with Brandon Ayuk dropping a measly 2.9. But I would like to say that I am excited to at least have made the playoffs. Um, and we'll have you go intro our our uh, first segment or new segment of this 2022 uh, first year of doing this podcast. But uh, looking forward to hopefully watching some good games Saturday and Sunday um, and hoping uh, for Trey's team to have a couple stinkers in there. Yeah, you mentioned it. You touched on it. And it, it, you're kind of bringing me down because I forgot that we we're going to be doing this segment. But. It's a playoffs. Not every team makes a playoffs. This is in participation league. Um, as teams enter the playoffs, teams need to be knocked out. And we have four um, very upset owners, very upset teams, and I want to touch on them. So this is – we can consider this the uh, funeral for these uh, these le- these teams in this league this year. So Time to put them to rest. Put them to rest. But uh, the best way to put them to rest, I'm going to put a little under uh, undersound here. So I want you to lead it off because – you can talk about the first team, but let's let's get the music going here. So our first team to speak fondly of of the 2020 2022 Northside League is Rum Runners, Ronnie B. Now Rum Runners, Nick, you were true the entire year to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, the threesome of the Green Bay Packers. Now, just like the Green Bay Packers, you are not going to be seeing the playoffs. But some shining stars this year, C-Mac getting traded to the Niners, Tyreek Hill going absolutely crazy for the Miami Dolphins. But some other shining stars, Amari Cooper, Jared Goff at times, But the one guy that really shined above them all, Taysom Hill. Just kidding. He was absolutely terrible. But Rum Runners, Ronnie B, we know that you'll be back next year with your 7-7 record. Actually, I have no idea if you'll be back next year by the pool drafting, auto drafting. But we'll always have that one interview that you had this year that you joined us. So we thank you for that. So Rum Runners, Ronnie B, seven and seven, seventh place, lucky number sevens. Maybe next year will be your year, but we'll have to see next year. Rest in peace, Rum Runners, Ronnie B. Till next year. Rest in peace, Team Mercier or Mercer. I don't know. You never responded to your last name. I don't know what your last name is. Seven and seven as well just like every league, every team in this league. But I will say, out of all the teams in this league that ended up 7-7 seven and seven and didn't make the playoffs, I think yours was the worst team. You had Kirk Cousins. 
you had like 30 other quarterbacks this whole season. I couldn't keep track. You have Cream Hunt on your roster right now. Why? Now, I can sit here and I can just dog on your team this entire time, but you had your moments. Remember that first week when you beat Rum Runners 91 to 76? Remember that second week where you beat Ken Whitewalker 114 to 82? The highs were highs. But as we got got into week seven and you dropped down to three and three, posting four four weeks of under a hundred points. That's what did it. And those poor injuries as we rounded out week ten and twelve. Sam, you just couldn't get your legs going. And I think I know what the issue was. Where's Jared Goff? Where's Robert Woods? Stick true, and maybe we'll see you in the playoffs next season. RIP, Team Mercier. Now coming into ninth place, the official boys. Now official boys, Brian, Brock, Cannon. Audra. And Audra. One of the most tough years as I've seen in fantasy football. You placed second in points four out of everybody in this league. And you placed sec- uh, third in points against out of everyone. Extremely hard league or year for you in our league. But as we look th- on your team, you were stubborn. Stubborn to a team. You ran out basically the exact same lineup every single week. Now, there were some injuries. Jerry Judy. I think DK missed a game. Perhaps Alvin Kamara. But the one person that remained consistent for you all year, and I will say this one person kept me from being bounced out of the playoffs, was Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Week one, called you a bum. Week two, called you a bum. Week three, called you a bum. Week four, ate my words. Didn't call you a bum. Gave you props. But as the year went on, your up and down season remained true to what I had said. Bum. But last week, in week 14, you dropped 28 points and you knocked out rum runners for me. So I thank you, Miles Sanders. Because without you, I'd be in seventh place doing one of these stupid in memoriams for you. Or for myself, I should say. Now you had Mahomes, you had Kelsey. Probably the best duo in football. But that wasn't enough. Because you relied on players like Damian Pierce, who I think had one touchdown. Uh, I take that back. He had, he had one touchdown after week five. Damian Pierce. Um, George Pickens. I don't know how you found a spot on our starting roster, but you did. And one guy I want to say that should have found a spot on someone else's roster as a starting quarterback, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. You might be one of the best players in the NFL. 
but you had to sit on the bench the entire year because official boys just couldn't find a deal for you. So official boys, maybe next year. Maybe next year you'll make a couple drops, a couple ads. Maybe next year you'll make a couple trades here and there. We know you won't make one with Steph because Steph won't make a trade whatsoever to save her team. We'll always have this one special season where you lost six in a row. And that just was not, just couldn't happen. So you can take your $70 and fab bunny and just right off into the sunset, official boys. RIP. We will see you next year. To round this all off, to no one's surprise, RIP, the ghost of Forte, Phil Okamoto. It was, it seems like just yesterday, I sat across the table from you, Lampost Pizza in Irvine, and I looked at your stupid grin telling me that this is the team that will take you to the championship. And I will say, I was pretty impressed with your lineup, and I still am. I'm looking at it here. Tuba, Cook, Barkley, Diggs, Higgins, Schultz, Stevenson. Still one of the, probably the best starting lineup you could get in fantasy football. But Phil... Year in and year out, you find a way to shoot yourself in the foot. Year in and year out, no matter what you do, you kill your quarterbacks. Now, we tell you every single year, Phil, you don't need handcuffs. You don't need Alexander Madison. You don't need A.J. Dillon. Hell, I love the Rams. Who the hell is Kyron Williams. But Phil, that's you. And I respect that. I respect that every year I know I will find you at the bottom of the standings. You are the most consistent fantasy football loser I've ever came across. Thank you. And more importantly, R.I.P., Goes to Forte. And now I'd like to finish up the Ghost of Forte with just a couple of words as we throw roses on your casket and we bury you to the ground. You came on this podcast and you said you were going to sneak into the playoffs at seven and seven. And you had the opportunity. But you scored by far the lowest amount of points anyone has scored this year with 57 in a total week. I'm pretty sure that's Joe Mixon this year had 57 points in one game. So goes to Forte. Remember that one time that you started the Seattle Seahawks defense? Oh wait, that was last week. The Atlanta Falcons defense. Kenny Pickett. Taysom Hill lot of questionable decisions but like Blake just mentioned we wouldn't want it any other way so rest in peace Gosa Forte there will always be next year and hopefully you'll score more than 57 points to get you into the playoffs
That was that was very nice to get off my chest. There's been a lot of pent up um, feelings I had about these uh, fantasy owners, and as the weeks go on, obviously our matchups we're gonna have few and far few in between matchups, so it's gonna be nice to touch on that. But let's get into the playoffs. What I was excited about. I want to get my energy playoffs. Back up. <laughs> playoffs. And um, the first matchup I want to go over is Steph. We got uh, Steph and Ken Whitewalker, both seven and seven. This is the um, four five matchup. So a lot of questions. Obviously, it depends on you're going to be your matchup and and uh, Trey's matchup. Mm-hmm. So, but this is kind of the middle spot. Two heavy hitter teams. Steph is, as I mentioned in the intro, let's just clear it up. We're recording this on Friday, so we already know what happened in the Thursday night game, and uh, what a late, late touchdown for Geno Smith. Uh, Geno yeah, that was Smith. big, kind of huge for Steph, kind of getting her in a striking range from her original projections. But she is starting off now with 25 points. She has 15 points from Geno, 10 points from Tyler Lockett. Uh, quick news: Tyler Lockett, I believe, is getting a surgery on his hand. Yeah, he's out for the rest of the year. He's out for the rest of the year, so. Um, so luckily Steph got her points. Um, it's all about week by week. You you deal with injuries. I mean, you're playing lineups based on matchups at this point. So, but still, what a tough injury. Tyler Lockett really has been brought it on as a late, kind of a bigger option. But 25 points, projections in this matchup. Uh Steph's at 98. Ken White Walker's at 106. Now, we already talked a little about Steph, but I want to go into White Walker because um we Jake and I, we do a little like pre-game pre-podcast where we kind of talk and touch on the league and stuff like that. But it's funny. I want to bring this up because we talked about it yesterday, just out of the blue. And the the question mark with White Walker is decision-making at the running back position. He has mm-hmm. ETN and uh, he did not start Kenneth Walker uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup. And by all accounts, uh, the Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker uh, sit looks to be good. He didn't hit his projections. 9.9. He's coming off an injury. But I think Travis Etienne is the is the more difficult one. Now, Dallas is a legit defense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Star studded. The pass rushers there. Uh they are they're a really good defense. Jacksonville now, I I if I'm in his shoes, I guess I'm thinking that Jack I guess he thinks that Jacksonville's just gonna get blown out and they're not gonna run the ball and um, or he's just going to get smothered up. There has been games where Travis Etienne has just been completely taken off the field, and even in like close games too. So I can understand the fear there, but I don't know, Jake. I don't know about that decision. I don't know about uh, Travis Etienne over Deonta Foreman. What do you think? I actually don't mind it, um, only because I was actually surprised to look at Etienne's stats recently, and yeah, they are not good whatsoever. Like they have hasn't even really sniffed ten points. Um, and the only reason why he came close to 10 points, like was it five weeks ago, was because he caught three catches for 28 yards, which is not something that he really does. So I don't know. I I think that that's okay because I feel like in Carolina, they are just trying to run the ball a lot uh, with both Foreman and uh, Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard. Foreman's got at least, I mean, if you look at his last four games, 31 yeah. carries, 11 carries, 24, 21. So he's getting the volume. It's not necessarily getting the production but he's running the ball a lot. Now, one guy that I would probably play over both of them, I think I would go Chris Olave. Um, yeah, in the flex I like spot that. Over at, in Atlanta. Um, I, I do think ETN 12 points is a lot um, for, for projection. So I, I don't think I would play ETN 
but I still I'm not like I'm not confident that Carolina's going to move the ball good or like well enough to score a touchdown. Pittsburgh's defense is not terrible. So I don't know. I I think Alave would probably be my flex play. Um but he also has someone like Zonovan Knight who is now starting. He's basically started him over uh Kenneth Walker. And Kenneth Walker really didn't do much until that final drive where I think he had like a 30, 40 yard catch or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's, that's tough. It's, he's a lot of, we, we were very high on Phillips's team, but they've been extremely inconsistent or kind of banged up the last three, four weeks. And so I think this is going to be a tough one. Um, one player that we'd also discussed was the quarterback and Justin Fields or Dak Prescott. I personally would be Justin Fields because uh, I do think no matter what, even if the Bears are down 35-7 to 7 to the Eagles, which a lot of people think the Eagles are going to completely blow them out, Justin Fields is still going to be the quarterback. Um, he's still It's not like he's going to get benched. He's still going to go out there. No. He's still going to get garbage points. And so for me, I understand how like how good the Eagles' defense is. But Justin Fields has this element, especially in fantasy football, where his legs are going to be used as weapons. Like he is going to get no matter what 40, 50 rushing yards. And if he can get a rushing touchdown right there, that's 10, 11 points as a quarterback. So Dak really hasn't shown too much lately. Um, I mean, he hasn't cracked 20 points. One, He's cracked 20 points once in the last five weeks. So I personally think that Justin Fields is a 20 point no matter what. Doesn't matter who the defense is, so give me give me uh, Justin Fields, um, and I think that he'll get you twenty to twenty five points no matter what. Yeah, I think I think the the floor, I think the floor regardless getting blown out or not, Justin Fields is going to be effective. Yeah, it's going to be turnovers that's going to probably going to kill you that you're not going to get out of Dak in this in this matchup. But I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a sneaky close game for Dallas Jacksonville. Uh, I feel spread I don't feel is, like I believe the spread is four and a half. Yeah, it's a that's a close game. I don't like I don't know if I'd pick that as like a an upset alert, but I don't know. I don't feel like that's gonna be a game where the offense is gonna be ho and humming. And my only thing with Travis Etienne is that you look you were just mentioned the last couple weeks have been bad. He was on a bye. He came into that next week, he got hurt super early, and then um yeah, two weeks have been kind of down, but Dallas is not – I mean, Dallas is top 10 – yeah, top 10 in mm-hmm. in defenses allowing rushing yards. They're averaging – they're giving up 128 yards. I feel like with his defense right now, uh, kind of the heavy hitters on the defensive side, it's obviously going to be Diggs in the pass game, and then it's going to be Micah Parsons and uh, uh, whatever it is, D-Law uh, mm-hmm. on the outside. So that's pass rush and obviously like – corners and and on the outside i feel like you could take advantage of the run game and i know travis etn hasn't been showing that but i i kind of just look to in this matchup um i kind of look to in this matchup with him is if he is healthy and if they are kind of changing leaf the jacksonville's offense has been pretty hot um if he can get to that like 20 20 yard clip in games where he's had over like 18 18 attempts 19 attempts mm-hmm. i mean he's he's played really good but yeah i i understand the fear and maybe this is a maybe this is a move by phillips now seeing gino and tyler lockett you knock those two guys out of the out of the equation if i had to pick up floor i'll take deonta foreman's floor over 
ETN. Yeah, I would take that any day. But maybe I think Travis ETN is going to be, I think, the higher probability of uh, higher probability of like a bigger game. But yeah, that's a tough that's a tough pick. I won't fault him for either of them. And I don't know that. And really, we we've talked all year about Detroit's defense and how atrocious they are. Uh, but it's different now because right now they're like the hottest team. They're like the hottest team in football right now. So I get mm-hmm. you with his on him at night. Um, I don't know what that game stretch is going to be. Uh, in if Michael Carter's if Michael Carter's playing, how much of that eat into potential pass work that Michael Carter might take? So uh, I think those are both both coin flips at a, in its in itself. And then yeah, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Derrick Henry. Just I think those three anchors are going to be uh, huge reasons uh, for. Phillips team to have success this week. So, yeah. The, and while you were talking, I was kind of just looking at Dak and oh, I was trying to rem- just think like, I do feel like the Cowboys in general, I, I, they run the ball so much inside the 10 yard line and inside the five with Zeke and Tony Pollard that it's going to, I have a, have a hard feeling that it's going to, Dak is going to have a lot of points based off of touchdowns. So, I don't know. I I'm tr- I'm just kind of stubborn and being stuck on this one point. I, I I don't know why. If you have Justin Fields, I feel like you have to play him. Like I, he's won Phillips weeks off just his. I mean, play he alone. has he had back to back forty point weeks, which is yeah. unheard of when it comes to quarterbacks. He has not gotten under twenty points in seven six straight weeks. Yeah, like, ever since he's really taken off. I mean, shit, he's had two, four, six, seven rushing touchdowns in the last six weeks. So I don't know. I, I don't like the Dak play at all. I actually think that if you play Dak, I think you'll lose this week. Whoa. Okay. I, I just I, I I'm not I'm not sold on on the stacking either. Like C D has been good this year. Um yeah. very kind of at times up and down, but he's been pretty good as of late going on the road. I understand Jacksonville doesn't have a great defense. I get that, but still you're going on the road. If this game was at home, I would feel a lot more comfortable, but for some reason going on the road, Doug Peterson, who is more of an offensive mind, he's played against Dak um, being the head coach of Philly for years. So he knows yeah. he, he could know, I should say he, maybe he doesn't know, but he does know perhaps more tendencies Dak has. There could be some more, um, you know, better defense on Jacksonville. I don't know. I, I'm just getting a weird feeling in this game. I think you're right. I do think this game is going to be close because um, Jacksonville has been playing better. And also ETN, this game, this Trevor Lawrence has become a legit quarterback this year. He's, like even if the record is him. five and eight. Yeah. Even if your record is five and eight, they've been playing a lot better as of late. Um, mm-hmm. He has been really good throwing the ball. So I think that's going to continue. I, I have a hard time f- like thinking that they're going to just try to establish the run. No, they're going to be playing how they've been playing. So I don't know. I think Justin Fields has to be the, excuse me, has to be the play. Um, CD lamb. I'm, I mean, you have no one else to really swap in for CD. CD, you have to play him. AJ Brown. I can see him having a really big game against the bears. Um, and Derrick Henry having a really big game against the Chargers. Although I do feel like the Chargers last week, they played defense really, really, really well. I just have this feeling because all everybody in the world knows what Tennessee is going to do on Sunday. It's literally going to try to run the ball because of how bad the Chargers are doing. So maybe their head coach, who was a defensive mind, is going to try to game plan and just try to stop Derrick Henry. Traylon Burks is out. 
Uh, I don't even know who else they have to throw. Norwoods is out. They have a lot of a uh, lot yeah. of their outside guys are out. Yeah, so I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna just everyone knows they're just gonna try to establish the run, and we'll see if the Chargers are up for the task. Yeah, that'll be a great game, and uh, we actually had a pretty good game. Uh, I know low scoring the San Francisco Seattle game, but that was a huge divisional game, and it was uh, huge for this matchup in general. We talked about Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith with that late touchdown to Noah Fant. Man, I used to love I used to love drafting Noah Fant back in the Denver days when all they did was the uh, who was the who was the uh, coach last year. Kubiak? No, Kubiak was For the playoff team. Uh, Broncos. What was his name? Uh, Defensive guy. They used. They had Teddy last year, and all they did was man. It's gonna kill me that I don't remember his name. But yeah, Noah Fant was it's so not, good on that offense. It's not Vance Joseph because he was the one before that guy that came in. Okay, well let's just go over the matchup. It'll yeah, come in. I'll just scream it out. Um, Jonathan Taylor, last three weeks. He's hit over 10, but it has been declining. This Minnesota matchup, I I know that uh, this is the, the worst team in Indianapolis because their inability to get anything going through the air. That is the one way that I think you take advantage of this Minnesota team um, is through the air. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jonathan Taylor can get uh, get going in the offense through the air, but Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. You plug him in any, uh, any chance you can get, especially when he's healthy. Jarek McKinnon's interesting here. Now, I... Boomer bust of all boomer bust. Obviously coming off a 30, 30 burger mm-hmm. last week. Six six carries, twenty two yards, but seven seven catches, one hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns. Um, I feel like in any Chiefs matchup, I feel like the last three years, there's always been Vic Fangio. That's his name. Mm-hmm. That's the coach of the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Fangs. Um, Jerick McKinnon. Uh, Kansas City players. Besides Travis Kelsey, you're rolling the dice uh, yep. with pretty much any Kansas City player. Now, Juju has been a way more consistent. He's probably your most consistent wide receiver, um, which she has on the bench here. But in terms of running backs, I know she's pretty thin at running backs. I'm not a lot of confidence uh, for uh, Leonard Fournette. Who would have thought in the world when, when coming out of the draft window, uh, Leonard Fournette do or do or die playoff situation you're throwing him on the bench but mm-hmm. that's the situation she's in right now she's got to roll out Jarek McKinnon and it's it's a move that I feel like you have to they're going to up against Houston I'm I'm curious to see the splits I know in this matchup against Houston who are still the worst rush defense uh, allowing 165 yards I don't think that benefits Jarek in this situation i think that obviously uh benefits pacheco and i think clyde still hurt but it Mm -hmm. definitely benefits the more the traditional style runners on that team but i mean lightning in a bottle if if we he had 30 last week try to make up something try to hit projections uh what do you think about that one that one's the most interesting one as i look yeah really interesting i actually got bounced from another league because um, they had both Mahomes and McKinnon last week uh, lost by like 20 or 30 points. But McKinnon going off last week was a surprise to everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you when it comes to running the ball that it's going to be a Pacheco mostly. I mean, McKinnon had what, like five or six carries last week? He didn't it's really have six. Yeah, he had six for 22. So he doesn't run the ball that often, but he is that just that kind of I mean, one of those touchdowns last week was ridiculous. It was literally just Mahomes being Mahomes, closing his eyes and just flipping it underhand um to McKinnon, who had just 
50 yards of open space and ran uh, all the way to a touchdown. But yeah, I mean, her option on the bench, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, or Jamal Williams. And so Jamal Williams is always a question mark because he is the goal line guy. But he, like we, like I said last week, he just doesn't he doesn't necessarily get the that, that that many carries. I mean, he did have 16, but like his efficiency is just not there. Yeah, it's but never like, really been there since week nine. I mean, getting three yards on the ground is decent, but like. It's not good enough for that offense. Like they're an air raid offense now. They're just throwing the yeah. ball down the field, and they have two other running backs. So it's not like he's the only guy. Like he was uh, midway through the season, but he still is that goal line guy. But I don't know. Like you said, it's a boomer bust play with McKinnon and Steph. Obviously, going into this matchup was going to be behind um, as far as projected points. So maybe she hopes that you know she gets a she gets a boom play here. Why the why I try interrupting you with Jamal Williams because yeah I agree it's he's the type of guy now that he is he is spelling for uh, Swift and the type of carries and I, I always get frustrated when I see uh, like when I see people doing like prop bets on people where it's like yards it's like why are you putting him in this situation like he's not going to be successful it's like an obvious. Uh, it's like middle of the field. They're running like uh, just right up the middle. Just like he has a, the carry count, but they're not really putting they they're not putting him in in these crazy positions midfield, getting him open and getting him out in space, make a play. A healthy DeAndre Swift, that's his role. It's not Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is pretty much your Tom Brady on the one yard line. You need an automatic mm-hmm. score. You throw him in there. That's Jamal Williams and. Week in, week out throughout the season, he's been able to provide that through just very fortunate bounces. Yeah, he's obviously had big runs here and there, like any running back that has space and can break a tackle. He can do that, but they're not putting him in those in those positions. Um, and uh, in the beginning of the year, in the middle way through the year when he was really going off, that was out of necessity. He's not out of necessity now. This team's cooking, and this team knows, and, the, and at this position, there's still a slim chance that they can make the playoffs. And they're only going to make the playoffs with their best players, and their best player is DeAndre Swift. That's yeah. It's, the thing it's though it. is that I mean, you said that he's spelling for DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift only had six carries last week. Yeah, so, but like, but he, those he's carries still, that Jamal Williams are getting are they're not? They're just like to set up the pass. This team's like you're saying it's an air raid offense. Yeah, like yeah, you they still are. have to threaten the run. Yeah, I agree. They are, but there's not a running back on that team that necessarily is getting the touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Jamal Williams still is like, I think last week was his only week that he didn't have a touchdown in the last like six or seven weeks prior. Yeah. Um, because he does get those one to three yard touchdowns that are so important in fantasy football. Um, last week. Yeah. He didn't have a touchdown, but the weeks before that he had four, four straight weeks of a touchdown. So the thing about Jamal, though, is that he doesn't catch the ball at all. So you're getting zero points no, yeah. when it comes to any sort of um, pass catching ability. So it's interesting. It's very interesting to, to see or to think what are you going to do with that second RB spot. Um, but let's get into some of the other positions that she has on her team. Wide receivers, Christian Kirk against Dallas um, and Mike Williams no, against Tennessee. You. No, thank you against Dallas. I know we were just hyping up. Um, Trevor Lawrence and like I think this will be a close game, but I I don't know why Christian Kirk against Dallas kind of makes me feel sick to my stomach a little bit. I I feel like if there's a world where Jacksonville wins that game, it's going to be spread out. I think you're going to see uh, you're going to see multiple cu- touchdowns, but I think it's going to be an absolute lottery. I don't see a clear position where Christian Kirk's going to 
dominate the the pass catching. I don't think they focus on him. I think Dallas has good enough corners um, where if they wanted to take a guy out of the game, one of their weapons, they could easily take out Christian Kirk. I, um, yeah, I mean, question marks with Jerry McKinnon. I have the same question marks with with uh, Christian Kirk, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I look at her options. Jalen Waddle, I, I don't think you can trust. I have no. been actually very like kind of confused as to why he isn't playing as well as he did the first, what, like 60, 70% of the season for fantasy purposes. He has not been good the last two weeks at all. Um, and in Buffalo, with the, that weather is terrible for pass catchers. So, yeah, I think he would sit Jalen Waddle. Juju is an interesting one, but I think it's very similar to kind of like that lottery pick. Like, Juju has been consistent, uh, but but Houston has like just sneakily just been like good against the pass, and like we can yeah. contrib- like attribute that to them being so bad on the run run defense that teams have just been running the ball on them. But I don't know. I feel like there's just there's a lot of options in Kansas City. Uh, we talked about with Jarek. We talked about Pacheco, of course, Travis Kelsey. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's between Juju, Christian Kirk for me. Uh, but Christian Kirk at home, they probably will be down. But like we talked about it, maybe it's a close game. So any type of close game, especially if it's low scoring, is an automatic like emergency. Uh, as I as I had Brandon Ayuk, um, and it just nothing was getting thrown to him. It's just a low scoring game. So I don't know. I that's a tough one for me. I, I think that's a toss up to where perhaps I put Mike Williams in. For Christian Kirk, I swapped them, and so I have a flex option, and perhaps maybe I play somebody else besides Christian Kirk. But Mike Williams, I love this matchup. I think this matchup is huge for Steph. Tennessee's corners are absolute trash. I think Herbert has 300-plus yards this week, um, and I think Mike Williams is going to have a very, very big day. Yeah, I think she's going to need it. Um, Dawson Knox is on another team. every, No matter where you look. Now, I will say, yep. though, this is a Dawson Knox like style game for him to win to him to win a matchup. Yeah, I I see I know what you mean, but I feel like that was last week, which he did have no, forty but, yards and a touchdown. I know, but this is like in the snow. Uh, there's some special chemistry, but like there is like every time I see a Josh Allen like interview or like if they go out to a. Uh, they go out to like a Sabres game or anything. They're always together. Just like it's supposed to be snow. It's supposed to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox just seems like a guy uh, in these weather conditions that there are going to be touchdowns that he's going to like get one-on-one coverage. You just do jump ball to him. Uh, I think I've seen a game in the past in the snow, like a big snow game with the Bills. I remember seeing Dawson Knox. Yeah, getting- I mean, he had, he had a really good year last year. And this year it's yeah. kind of been a disappointment. I will touch on though, and this is classic Steph. She had Noah Fant in last week, yeah. Um, and Noah Fant threw up a zero burger, and then of course this week Noah Fant throws up uh, thirty-two yards and a touchdown for eleven point seven points. So classic Steph, um, classic Steph move of just kind of you know not going with the, rolling with the guys, even though she had Juwan Johnson on her team for like four straight weeks, um, who's also on waivers. So if she wants to head back and get uh, Juwan Johnson, who is questionable. But Joan Johnson is going up against the 24th uh, worst tight end defense in Atlanta. So perhaps that, but looking at everybody else, like there really isn't anyone else that she no. can roll with. So she just needs to hope that Dawson Knox just finds the end zone because if he doesn't, then that's less, that's going to be less than four points for her. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It, it's, 
if there's any matchup or any conditions where it's touchdown or bust, it's going to be in that game where I think it's going to be few and far between touchdowns with the snow and the weather. So Mm -hmm. uh, here we go. Our first predictions of the playoffs round one house Targaryen versus Ken white Walker. Jake, Mm -hmm. who do you like? This is actually, I agree with you. I think this is going to be an extremely close game. Um, and Steph has three players playing tomorrow while Phillips has all of his players playing Sunday. Uh, nobody has anybody on Monday night or even Sunday night, it looks like. So this will be decided by Sunday at 4 o'clock. Um, I am going to take Phillips's team because I think as a – and I think he is a smart fantasy owner. I think he will switch Justin Fields for Dak – Come uh, Sunday morning, and I think Justin Fields will lead him to the promised land. I think there's just – I mean, Phillips does have some question marks. I can see Greg Dolchich kind of getting – really not having much because Brett Rippon is in. Maybe he throws to the tight end, but Brett Rippon is not like your classic rookie. He's had experience before. Deonta Foreman, I could see him not doing great. I do like the Saints play against the Falcons. The Falcons are starting a rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter. It's no longer Mariota. So I do think that Saints at home, I think that actually could get you 10 points or more. Um, but give me give me Phillips, even though I think Steph could get 30 points from Justin Tucker. There's always that fear with Justin Tucker getting mm-hmm. a 30-burger. Now, I'm, I'm taking Steph here. Oh God! I I I wish we could just have a video, like a like reaction, a an instant reaction of of Steph listening to this. Well, whatever you Steph, take, Steph's team. I took Steph last week, and uh, she actually crushed Phil with her seventy four points that she scored. No, you did Phil. not. You took Phil's team because I remember oh, I having did. a I remember having a comment saying that Steph is thanking the Lord that you oh, picked somebody you're else. Right. Yep. you're right. Every well, time I'm you getting- pick Steph, the last four weeks. She has lost. Uh, it's not going to change my mind. I'm taking Steph's team here. Uh, when I look at I look at the across the board, I'm looking at matchups. I'm looking at uh, I think Dawson Knox outscores Dulich. I think Mike Williams crushes Foreman. I I see either a push or I I see the Vikings outscoring the Saints. Justin Tucker, of course, he's going to have a thirty burger. So now I'm looking at the big matchups here. In uh, the one that I think. Um, is I think it surprisingly will be a big difference. I'm banking on Jarek McKinnon. I think he's an extension of the pass game, and I'm I'm looking at the Houston matchup. I know they're not going to get anything through the air in terms of whether uh, Houston has been pretty difficult and stingy with the wide receivers, but they have something going with with that uh, with Jarek McKinnon in the run game in the pass game. He's an extension of the run. He's an extension of the pass. He's super athletic. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, of the Jarek McKinnon that we saw with uh, Minnesota back in the heyday where he was just electric and he's finally getting to show that Zonovan Knight, we have, um, we have a uh, Zach Wilson back in that game. And I don't, I don't like Zach Wilson. I don't think he, he does anything um, well. I think they stack the box. I think they force him to throw the ball. They make uh, Zach Wilson win that matchup. Um, and I don't think they will. I think Detroit kills them in this game. And I don't know. I think Zonovan Knight gets kind of run off 
the field. And if Michael Carter's in there and they're playing catch up ball, I like Michael Carter's chances, but I don't, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident that Zonovan Knight does not hit his projections in this matchup. And I think, I think uh, just off those matchups alone, it's going to be very close. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm making the assumption that Dak, he's starting Dak this week. I don't think he, I don't think he, um, I don't think he gets there. I don't think he gets, um, I don't think he gets over a hundred, a hundred and five or whatever his projection is. I think it's going to be very close, but I see Mike Williams. I see the boom potential for Steph and I like Steph's team. I like the matchups and I just don't, I don't like the matchups for Phillips team. I, I don't like his lineup here. So I'm going to taste, I'm going to take a uh, house Targaryen. Let's go Steph. All right. Our three and six matchup. We have the notorious Trey who lost last week on a Monday night game um, was not too happy seeing him in the third spot because I knew that I'd be in the sixth spot um, against my team. My team has a team name right now. At least I don't have Deshaun Watson, but that will be changed as we're talking this out. Rough Thursday night for Brandon Ayuk. Um, it was a Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle game. I struggled with thinking who to play for my wide receiver spots. I wanted to put DeAndre Hopkins um, on timeout for really not doing much Monday night. Bill Belichick always, I guess, has a good uh, rapport with him, but he's playing at Denver, and I just didn't like that matchup. Josh Palmer, Tennessee didn't like that matchup. And so I had to choose between those three, chose the wrong one probably. And so we are already struggling. Uh, projected 115 to 86. It's a span of 30 points. I'm just hoping for the best um, tomorrow, Saturday, when he has Josh Allen and Sunday. But, uh, I mean, we can dive into Trey's team first because I'm probably going to just talk out my entire lineup and who I'm going to play Um after we talk about Trey. Wait, you said Brandon Ayuk, but I want to bring in, uh, I think this sound that really encapsulate the, I guess the optimism, because you've talked about it. You were, you made the trade for Brandon Ayuk. You're super excited for that. Mm-hmm. This was the ideal situation. No Debo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the wide receivers are his. There's, I, I can't name another wide receiver. They have Jawan Jennings. I, th- I, I oh, think he I, might that have guy's had, a Ram killer, actually. He had more points probably than, uh, than but, Brandon um, Ayuk. This is, this is, I feel like that really sums it up for Brandon Ayuk. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Um, yeah, I felt like that when he dropped that slant um, in the fourth quarter that if he would have broke a tackle, probably would have gotten him close to the end zone. That's for sure. And for some of you who don't know, that's SpongeBob. Um, but yeah, but let's go to Notorious. Now, this is an obvious question, but I still want to ask it. Um, he is rolling out Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Gerald Everett. Yep. Is there any part of you that wishes that like – the Chargers just stink and none of those guys go off? Or is it just Justin Herbert to Mike Williams show at this point? See, that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I have the quarterback that's going to be throwing to those three guys, especially both Eckler and Keenan Allen. I'm not – I'm going to say this and watch him have the game of his life, but I'm not that concerned about Gerald Everett. I don't think – he hasn't really shown anything this year as far as, like, consistency. So – he could easily get three to five points on Sunday. And like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, 
But I mean, there have been games this year where he's gotten 15 points, but that's, I mean, he's gotten 14 points. That's as high as he's gotten this year is 14. So I'm not really too concerned about him. I am concerned about Keenan. I think Keenan's going to destroy this Tennessee Titans defense. I mean, last week, Keenan had 14 targets, had 12 catches, 92 yards. I think Keenan scores a touchdown this week. So Austin Eckler on the ground has shown that he is just not the guy. Uh, but he gets so many catches where I'm even tired. Like, honestly, I watched that game against the Dolphins last week, and I was just tired of watching Austin Eckler catch the ball. Like, I was just like, as a fan, this guy's going to get just run into the ground. And, I mean, I've said it in the beginning of the year. I thought that he was going to get overworked. He hasn't yet. I'm not hoping. Of course, I'm never hoping for an injury because I want to watch this Chargers team play in the playoffs if they win. But I just feel like one of these weeks he's going to get dinged up because they just use him so much. So I would really like some Josh Kelly time on the ground. And I can't see them, you know, really going and dominating this Titans defense. Um, Part of me kind of – that's the thing is because I have Herbert. So Herbert needs to score as well. So I was going to say I hope Derrick Henry kind of just, you know, they control the clock a lot. Classic Titans game where a lot of the clock gets used. But – I need Justin Herbert to have 20, 30 points, and I'm going up against a team full of chargers. So, yeah, I don't know. In, in talking this out right now, I might just go look at the players on the waiver, and I just might just throw a Hail Mary here. Let's look. Let's talk this out. I got quarterbacks. Um, yeah, all these guys stink. Um, yeah, there's, they, not, there's not much. There really isn't anything good. Um. I, yeah. There's no one I can unless I pick up a Trevor Lawrence. I think you just See, dropped him right now. Didn't I did. You? <laughs> I dropped him yesterday. Um. Yeah. So perhaps I pick up a Trevor Lawrence in the morning and I just say screw it. We're gonna let this ride. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had what is uh the last three weeks: thirty-three points, sixteen, twenty-four, twenty-one. Maybe I do that. Maybe I think Amy no, Dalton. I don't know. But do you want to do that though? Do you really want to end your season on that? I feel like. I mean, I am. I I have zero expectations in winning this week. Zero point yeah. zero zero zero. There's not even. Well, you kind of just gave away who you're. Gave away who you're going to take in the in the finale. Fuck. Well, I mean, I think anyone looking at this matchup would be smart. Of course, I'm not picking myself, but. I have to play smart, and and you yeah. actually bring up the point. Well, if you're playing Herbert, he's going to be having all these guys play. Now, if somehow, some way, something happens where maybe Justin Herbert has COVID before the game, and you got Chase Daniel in there, then you know, then that might be good for Trey's team or bad for Trey's team because then he's not getting all those points. But I don't know. I, I honestly yeah, what, like what a I, stretch. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking out loud because yeah, like yeah. there's nothing that I can do. Trey has an incredible yeah. team. Um, I yeah. will say that the top three guys that he relies on the most, they have tough matchups and not because only because they're playing tough teams as far as Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs. But I'm really interested in seeing Josh Allen's performance tomorrow night really bad weather conditions um trey i think i played trey when they moved the game from buffalo to detroit yeah um and they played in the dome i'm pretty sure i played trey that week and i was just like damn it like that sucks like i'm i'm not getting the you know i'm not getting the week where josh allen you know only throws for 125 yards because of the weather well neck or tomorrow i think it's 20 degrees it's going to be six to nine inches nice of snow 
it's going to be a tough weather condition game. Now, maybe they'll just try to run the ball. And Miami doesn't have a great defense, but they have a really bad passing off uh, defense. So that's the only yeah. thing that's really like, you know, I'm battling with like, are they going to really try to throw the ball in those conditions? Um, so we'll see. But I do think Buffalo is going to try to put it on the Dolphins because the Dolphins had that crazy win in Miami, uh, like week three or week four of the season. So I could see Buffalo literally trying to run up the score, which is just going to be bad news for me. But yeah, Josh Allen, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I think Josh, I don't think Josh Allen will have over 300 yards passing, but I could see him having a hundred yards rushing and like a touchdown or two. Yeah. I would just, it's rushing touchdowns is going to kill you. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's go, he's going up against New England. We talked we touched on it a little bit. New England's on the better half of rush defense. Uh, they allow, I think, they're twelfth. Uh, you just that's going to be an interesting matchup. How Bill Belichick attacks that that offense? Mm-hmm. Uh, did they let Devontae kill them, or did they let Josh Jacobs kill them? Um, I think Josh Jacobs this year has proven even he's questionable, but that's not something. Uh, Trey needs to worry about. He's been questionable the last three weeks, and he's came in there and just absolutely dominated. But that, the, uh, really quick, the only thing ahead. for Josh Jacobs, I am hoping because I think it's like a it's like a hand injury. I'm hoping this is the one time I'm going to root for an injury. They just What's, try to punch the ball out, maybe miss the ball, hit his hand out for the rest of the game after like the first series. Oh, that would match my brain. I score. That that would yeah, <laughs> one of Josh Jacobs' run will match his score. Yeah, his twenty nine yards on the ground that he gets off of one or two rushes will match his score for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Godwin, uh, Godwin, he is probably the only safest floor for uh, Tampa Bay. That defense for Cincinnati is is pretty good. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're good. Decent. They're they have been actually very solid over the last month or so. Yeah. And um, you and I both, we both echo the sentiment of it's going to be a tight game in Dallas uh, for Tony P. And for your matchup, he is so good. And I've watched those games because I have Zeke now. So it's literally going to be Zeke against Tony P in a fantasy matchup. And it's going to come down to that uh, fat face Mike McCarthy just like putting Tony Pollard in inside the five. And I'm going to get screwed with that. But he is so good. And yeah, I'm hoping it's a tight game because I know they're going to use both, but I feel like Zeke does get the, the red zone targets. To be and to be fair, he had 20 points last week, and uh, he had one of those uh, one of those scores come off of, of receiving yards, which he's has three on the year. He's had two of his big. Two, well, he's had all. I don't know how many. Wait, where am I looking at touchdowns? He uh-huh. um, yeah, he only has three on the year. He had two in one game. That was one of the point where he had 35. And then this past week, uh, you just got to hope that he doesn't sneak in one through the air. He gets involved. Not that much. Uh, the last three weeks, two, mm-hmm. two and four. It's not backbreaking. It's not killing. But uh, if you can sneak out him not getting a touchdown through the air, um, I mean, on the ground in that Houston game, that game was that game was close. It was competitive. It wasn't like it was an absolute blowout, obviously. That was shocking. Yeah, he, he was the only carries. one that was really scoring touchdowns, though. Yeah, he had 10 carries, 42 yards. So mm-hmm. there is a world where it could be a close competitive game, and um, he is not as efficient as game-breaking has, as he's shown throughout the year. So it's in the, the realm of possibility, but obviously um, you're a little bit worried. Hopefully it's hot or some – shitty weather in jacksonville that will slow them down 
But well, let me check that weather for you because I have a feeling it's gonna be it's gonna be very it's nice. It's gonna be like seventy degrees, sunny, just, yeah, nice and random bright. thunderstorm. Yeah, it's just gonna be sixty and clear. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Okay, well, your team. We already talked so, about her really quick. No, I want to just wrap up Phillips's or uh, Trey's team. Trey. I just need duds. I need at least three duds here. And the ones that I'm looking at, we talked about Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, and Tony Pollard. If I can get three duds from them, it's not asking for much. Okay. It's asking for a whole lot, but it's not asking for much to have those guys get under 10 points. Those guys get under 10 points. Daddy has a chance. Okay. Daddy has a chance. So maybe Josh Allen. Josh Allen gets under 20. We're looking okay. Um, I will say the only one that I think has a crazy matchup is Keenan. Um, and I do think he's going to score 15 to 20, but everybody else I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but it, it's going to take just like matching their season lows uh, for me to even have a chance. I think Chris Godwin's season low this year, uh, 7.2. There's a couple nines. There's a couple eights. Yeah, he in had there. a seven last week. And the only way he kills you is by touchdowns. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, that's few. He's had two on the year. He's Josh, gonna get his targets. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. He had a six uh, against the Saints. He had a ten against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He had a couple eights to start the season, but that's so far away where they ha- didn't really use him that much back then. But now they use him a lot. Um, and then we have Tony Pollard. We just kind of talked about he has a you know he has a six in there. He has a seven in there. So. That's what that's what I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need the stars to align, um, and I'm gonna need a Phil Okamoto type week from Trey's team. I shots yeah, fired. That shots fired. I mean, the guy's already dead. Leave him alone. Speaking of uh, Phil Okamoto week, I think that my team can very much have a Phil Okamoto week this week and not even come close to fifty points. Okay. Well, I mean, let's. We already talked about Herbert. I feel like we've just went over Ignazium. Brandon Ayuk got it, the ball rolling with a 2.9, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about your your big three besides that. Uh, Najee, Zeke, McLaurin. Give me this. Um, most likely to exceed their expectations, projections, most likely to hit it, most likely to miss it. Go. Well, the th- those three, I don't even know if I'm actually going to be playing them. I have no oh idea. God. I don't Ooh. know who I'm playing at all um, Sunday. I don't think I have anybody playing tomorrow besides Mark Andrews, who's going to sit on the bench because he's been dog shit the last month. Mark yep. Andrews. I can't believe he is still second ranked as, as a tight end. That's how crazy tight ends have been this year. Um, just – Nothing. I'm getting absolutely nothing from him. I've decided to play my boy, Chigazium Okonokwo, uh, who has been actually pretty good on the Titans um, as of late. He scored a touchdown last week. He had 60, he had 70 yards the week before. And without Traylon Burks, I actually think this is a spot to where he could get 10 to 15 points. So I will take him. Um, I think there will be a play where he will be open in the red zone, and it's whether or not. Ryan Tannehill can actually get him the ball. I think that the Chargers are going to play so far up on Derrick Henry where I think a tight end is going to sneak out. It's going to be open over the middle. Depends on if Tannehill can get it to him. But The the goal is with him, close your eyes and hope and pretend that's Delaney Walker. Yeah, I mean, he has been – he is – a, a very good tight end. I've been actually very – I've been watching the Titans games. I have Derrick Henry in another league, um, and I've been watching. I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty good. So we shall see if he can actually, um, you know, 
take over for Mark Andrews, who just never again. Um, but Najee, Zeke, and Terry, let's go back to your question. Uh, what were the three things again? Uh, most likely to exceed projections, hit projections, and uh, below projections. I think Terry will be the one most likely to exceed only because the last they literally played the Giants two weeks ago and he had 20 points against them. Um, that is a Sunday night game. Um, Taylor Heineke and him have had good chemistry. And so there have been a couple seven, eight point weeks, but Terry does get the th- ball thrown to him a good amount since Heineke has been there. Thank God, even though Carson Wentz is healthy, they benched him still. So um, what's Terry Heineke's nickname again? The Green Lizard. The Lizard King. Uh, green yeah. Lizard. Yeah, something like green that. Lizard. Yeah. Um, so I think Terry McLaurin, that's meat projections. I think it's Zeke because Zeke does get touchdowns. Um, Zeke is someone, he has nine touchdowns this year. He has a touchdown every single week going to back to week six. He has had 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 15. That's consistency, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. He'll probably drop a solid 4.8 this week. Um, and Najee Najee has been playing good as of late nothing crazy Uh, he did have a 25 point game I had him on the bench that week but he has gotten around 10 to 12 points the last three weeks I just need him to have a touchdown Um, but he has been like banged up throughout the week he's not carrying an injury designation going into Sunday's matchup he practiced fully on Thursday so yeah I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm starting Najee or not. It's it's going to be between Najee or DeAndre Swift, and then it's going to be between who was ever on my flex position and DeAndre Hopkins. I have no idea. I don't know who I'm playing. It's going to be I'm waking up, and I'm just going to close my eyes and just move around. If Damian Harris um, you know, is the only New England running back starting, then maybe I play him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hoping I, I need touchdowns. Like I know I'm not going to get a lot of yards here with my players. I'm just going to need uh, multiple touchdowns. Yeah. I think you have a lot of decisions to make. The only thing that I just don't like about your lineup, I don't like Patriots. I, I don't think that's going to be a close game. I think, um, I, I think Vegas wins that game. I think there's just too much firepower there. I think there's too many there's it's Devonte Adams or, um, Josh Jacobs. I think one of them is going to have a big game, and it's going to blow out uh, that projections. That's the only thing I hate about your team. But I mean, Ravens. The only thing I will say is that the Patriots defense has has just has had weeks where they're terrible, and then there have had weeks where they get twenty points. And I just have to hope that they have to, they have had one, two, three, four, five weeks that have had fourteen points or more. So I just have to hope that one of uh, you know, that they actually hit that. I mean, those teams that they have played aren't very good. They're that's my counterpoint on that. Is I will that-, say that one of them is Detroit. You know, we talked about how Detroit has firepower. One of those was Detroit. and They dropped 22 points on Jared Goff. I don't like Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr's a good quarterback at all. I think he can be no. turnover yeah. prone. I think he collapses in the pocket. Judon and that uh, Josh Uche, I believe his name is, is the other linebacker. I think those guys put a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. I think you're right with Josh Jacobs is that they can't establish the run. James Conner had a pretty a good success on the ground against the Patriots defense on Monday night. But 
I'm I mean, just banking. Points, yeah. I'm just banking that they put a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. He throws picks. He turns the ball over, and perhaps they get a touchdown. But I'm not starting the Ravens. I know that they're playing the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns aren't very good. But the Ravens secondary has not shown me anything for me to think like, oh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna keep Deshaun Watson under wraps. I can see Amari Cooper having 200 yards against them. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not trying to defend uh, Deshaun Watson here, but there was an yeah, obvious yeah, shocker. <laughs> there was an obvious step up from week one to week two in terms of him and his uh, quarterback play. He got he obviously looked that. way more comfortable. Uh, in terms of running the ball, he had some bigger throws down the field. So if you're worried about the secondary, I think uh, Deshaun Watson is getting a little bit more comfortable. And I do see Amari Cooper having a better game than he did uh, that first week. But anything else you want to cry about uh, with your team? Or do we want to pick Trey's team right off uh, the bat? I, there's just a lot of I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what's going to happen. Um, I fully expect Trey to have an easy 30, 40 point victory. Um, but you never know what could happen in fantasy football. And now that I'm thinking about this, I think I am going to uh, drop someone and pick up a quarterback. Um, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence can pass through waivers overnight. Ooh, I don't think anybody is going to pick him no. up. Um, perhaps I let it rip with Brett Rippon. You know, I just, you never. Oh my God, please let it rip. Maybe Baker Mayfield. Um, maybe. I can't care yeah. about you. Don't do that. Uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, Sam God, Darnold. These are so bad. These are, these these guys are out horrible. Here. Um, yeah, there there are some guys. I mean, Zach Wilson's going up against the worst secondary. Maybe no, just throw, no, throw Zach no, Wilson out there no, and no. hope that, you know, all the bullying that he's received over the last month or so well because deserved. he's a terrible leader. Um, yes. Maybe he will be the guy, but I know that they'll probably just bench his ass if he throws one pick and put in uh, Joe Flacco. Maybe I'll just play Joe Flacco. Just, that's smart, actually, because you know that they're going to pull him midway through the game, and then you want those comeback Joe Flacco yards. Yeah, that 80-yard bomb to Elijah Moore. I can see it. You can see it. I can see it. I also see Notorious winning this. I, uh, yeah, I, I give me the projections here. I mean, that's 115-87. I'll, I'll, I'll round up for yours. I think uh, it's a pretty easy win for Notorious, and he moves on to the next round. All right, welcome back to Baki's Bets. Last week, I believe it was my first losing week in perhaps a month or so. Um, don't even really remember what my picks were. All I remember is that I was 0-3 at a certain point, and I thought for sure I was going 0-3. But the Jets came back. They were plus 10 against the Bills. Uh, my boy Mike White, uh, not Matt White, but Mike White, uh, covered. Um, with a field goal, I believe, uh, led them down the field to push it to a seven-point game. So shout out to Mike White and the New York Jets. Too bad you are not playing this week. I'm going to stay away from that game. That game is closed. The Jets are one-point favorites at home uh, with Zach Wilson as a quarterback, but I'm going to be staying away. The three games that I will be picking today for Bucky's Bets all will be taking place late um, on Sunday. First one, we will start with the Pats, the Pats, the Patriots at the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are one-point favorites. And to me, this really comes down to one thing. On one side, you have Bill Belichick, perhaps the best coach in football. On the other side, 
you have Josh McDaniels, the disciple of Bill Belichick, who has been on his coaching staff multiple times and one of the worst head coaches in football. The Raiders have lost way too many close games this year. They're not after they lost last week to the Rams, shout out Baker Mayfield. They basically eliminated themselves from the playoff race. The Patriots are firmly in the playoff race. They are right on the outside looking in, tied with the Chargers at seven and uh, seven and six. And I can see the Patriots. This this is a must-win game. The Patriots, the rest of the year, have tough opponents. They have the Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills the rest of the way. They have to win this game. So give me the Patriots uh, plus one. Basically, just take the money line if you bet. No reason to do plus one. Just take a money line. There'll be a little bit plus money, maybe uh, even money at 100. But Patriots, money line. Second game, Bengals at the Buccaneers. This is my stinky game of the week. And every time I say this, and I'm so confident in a team, they turn around and they lose. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing some of the best football that one can play. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not good at all. I don't care if Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. He looks washed. He's 45, washed. That offense looks washed. That defense doesn't look anything spectacular. The Bengals, solid on both offense and defense. So give me the Bengals. They are three and a half point favorites on the road. I will take that minus three and a half and bet the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last but not least, I don't necessarily like this pick, but it kind of just sticks out to me because of how close both of these teams have been this entire season. Sunday night football, the New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Now this team, these teams just played a couple weeks back. I believe it ended in a tie. Because both teams are 7-5-1. and one. I believe it ended at a 20-20 to 20 tie. The Commanders are five-point favorites. I think that is way too much. I think this is a field goal game that comes down to the drive, last drive of the game. Um, and I think it's another really close matchup. Both of these teams, I will say the Giants are kind of like just hanging on for dear life to get into the playoffs after starting the year off so well. And the Commanders are kind of on the come up. But the Commanders... After having a bye, they get healthy. Giants got just their absolute shit kicked in against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I think they kind of have a bounce back. So give me the Giants plus five. I'm not taking the money line, not doing any of that stuff. But five points seems like way too much in a divisional matchup. And even though it's on the road, I still think the Giants are good enough to keep this game close. Um, And I will take the Giants plus five. I... I apologize. I gave you the the worst of the worst stinkers as a underdog and on last week's uh foray of games. The Bucks, I, I thought you don't fade Tom during this time. And oh yeah. Holy moly. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. But if there's something I love back to more, him again? No, okay. I'm not. Damn. But if there's something I love more than Tom Brady in December. I love a home doggy. And do I have a home doggy for you, Jake and listeners? Give me the Jags. Now, oh boy. Jags are 4 0 straight up in their last four games as home underdogs. I like that stat. Great I'm actually finding stats that I like this time. That's great and stat. I think the key, to, the key to this matchup is that 
I mentioned it when we went over uh, Travis Etienne. If there's any area for you to attack the Cowboys, it's the rushing game. Etienne is a fabulous rusher. He's been he's been injured. He got injured coming off the bye. He has two kind of down weeks. I think he gets it going against the Cowboys. Um, right now, they're allowing over 120 yards per game. I think at home, uh, the way that uh, they played last week against the Titans, that is a matchup the Jags, I feel like, don't win, uh, especially against the Titans that have been rolling the last like four or five years. This team is special. Trevor Lawrence is kind of showing, is definitely showing you why he was drafted as number one overall pick. Um, the stability of his coaching and uh, stability of the coaching staff now and him kind of cooking. Cowboys, big letdown last week. They got the win, but that is not... Um, the Cowboys of what we expect is a team that's potentially going to make noise in the playoffs. We have a look ahead game next week. They have a big divisional uh, matchup with the Eagles there. This is the second game on the road. This is a, um, I think this is a big letdown game. This is a big letdown game for the Cowboys. Uh, the line right now is at four and a half. Um, the line did open at five and a half. And I also love about this money is coming in on the over in this game. It opened at uh, 45 and I believe it stretched out to 48. I think that's all because of just the optimism that uh, the NFL and betters are seeing in the Jags in this matchup. I think four's too high. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a field goal game. And in a matchup where I see a lot of positives heading towards the Jags, I want to, I, I think they're going to be the one that kicks that game winning field goal at the end. Um, it's a home game, home dogs, good weather. ETN's a beast. T-Law is playing at the capacity that I think he is. This is a really good team that their record um, isn't giving them any credit for. I like the Jags in this matchup. I like them to win straight up. It is a four and a half, uh, excuse me, four point spread plus 175. Sprinkle a hundo. And that's going to be a good payout and a good win for the Jags this week. Let's hope. For not a forty-five to ten game. Hello. What up? What's good? Just uh, Jake and I are just finishing up the podcast, and um, we like doing a uh, little cold calls. And I know we got a big matchup here, and I got you on the phone here. Jake can listen. Um, anything you want to say to Jake heading into this weekend? I just want to say it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one, but it's gonna be an easy one. And he knows what it is. He knows what it's gonna be when it's uh, game time. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take this dub and move on to the next round. That's what I think. Yeah, don't make it hurt too much. He said, uh, "Don't make it hurt too much." <laughs> All right. Well, just wanted to get your insight. Uh, good luck this weekend. I'm and looking ahead. Tell him I'm already looking ahead till he, next week, where he's you already guys, looking ahead to where next you guys week. Face each other. He's already looking ahead to next week when you and I play each other. But, I mean, I think you need to cross that bridge when you get there, Trey. I think you got to put Jake down. And um, I'm looking forward to the fireworks. Dang, I can't wait for it, man. Give me a good one getting this title back for a second time. We can't wait. Well, we're going to see. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too, man.